Welcome to My Shitty Podcast, So Shitty It Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing, and most importantly, thanks for telling a friend. Uh, also, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Um, thanks to Aaron for doing a Father's Day podcast with me. This is before I hit the road. Uh, we had the chance to sit down and talk uh, in Austin. He went over what it was like to be a father, and uh, at the very end, we talked about some overrated places in Austin. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, without further ado, let's let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, this feels, I feel right at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, did I, did I tell you that, uh, what did you hear about the PGA making this crazy rule change the other day? The PGA? Yeah. Like the Prof- Professional Golfers Association. What? Uh, no, you didn't. Dude, so um, yeah, I was reading this article, and they're they are now, for some reason, requiring every golfer to pack an additional pair of golf pants in their golf bag before they start each tournament. And after reading a little more about it, uh, come to find out, um, the reason behind it is in case they get a hole in one. <laughs> That's a good dad joke to start off. With. I just figured I'd just start off with a dad joke, right? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm gonna jack with your microphone just a few more. There we go. Yeah, D- does this mean I have to sit in this position all, all shift? Uh, no, but if you if you uh just like get into this thing, yeah, as long as you're a good rule of thumb is as long as your mouth is hidden behind that uh behind that um little circle right there, you're in a good spot. Yeah, so is this like a good spot right here? Really good, yeah, all right, amazing. Yeah. I'm working on my posture these days, man. <laughs> um, why don't we start with uh, who you are and um, I guess how many kids you have. Maybe what you do for a living also. Yeah, I guess for- all those. Yeah, those all make sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my name is Aaron Vandergriff. Um, I am the father of not one, but two awesome girls. They are a mere 17 years apart. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I have also thought it would be a good idea to continue to be in the bar business. Um, so <laughs> juggling all those things at once uh, can be a little trying. But at the same time, I don't think I could see myself doing it any other way. Yeah, man. Um, it's a bar business. Uh, I imagine that's hard on any and every relationship. Um, just the hours and working every weekend and... Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I imagine that's also hard for a dad too. Yeah. Um, you know, man, um, th- there are actually some, you know, pos- positive sides to that, but there are some, you know, trying sides to that as well. Um, sure. as far as my personal uh, schedule goes, I'm to the point now where I'm only closing down the bar three nights a week. So that's obviously, good. you know, you can do the math on that. That means I'm home more nights than I'm not. Yeah. Which is, which is nice. Um, but there are a couple of back to back, you know, 12 hour days for me where I'm working till three in the morning and back at three in the afternoon. And now that my, uh, my wife has gone back to work a couple of months ago, um, we have our youngest daughter in daycare. And so that's been a whole new set of, um, I guess things to figure out for us, um, schedule wise. Because yeah. the school doesn't open until eight thirty, and my wife has to be at work by seven seven thirty usually. So 
that means I'm up every morning with Olivia, regardless if I was, you know, in bed at 10 or in bed at four. (laughs) So (laughs) bedtime becomes a whole new, like important thing to. Yeah. It's just like, there's, there's a few days a week where I just take series of power naps and then plow through. (laughs) Uh, I'm always amazed at dad's like sleeping in every, in any situation ever. Like you just grab a nap whenever you can. Right. You just like, (laughs) yeah, man, you do. Um, I'll sleep in the car for like five minutes. Yeah. You, you know, like, why have you been in the bathroom so long? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Getting a little power nap. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, one of those things too, where it kind of balances out after that first, even that first year. Um, I, I, honestly believe this and you know we mentioned earlier that i have two kids 17 years apart and people always ask you know what's this one like compared to the first one you know and i think for me it's well for most people too just considering there's such a large gap in time between mine but also i think your body purposefully erases a lot of that first year yeah in hopes that you'll you know procreate again right because it's it's hell, man. <laughs> just the, just on the sleeping aspect of it. It's yeah. Know, yeah. It's those first few months. I mean, because the baby needs to eat every three to four hours. Yeah. And that means you are never sleeping more than three to four hours. So REM sleep is something that's really hard to come by those first few months. Yeah. But that said for me now, we're past that phase. So I'm, you know, she's sleeping mostly through the night, which is nice. Yeah. Um, REM's the guys that sing it's the end of the world right well they also sing losing my religion and i'm the world that's when you're really getting good sleep what's the frequency kenneth i mean it's terrible um i figured i'd jump in there with a really awful joke sorry i need to drink more of this stout yeah oh cheers by the way cheers man cheers to you that was the weakest cheers ever (laughs) uh let's do the bottles for uh yeah for sake here we go yeah, that's a little better. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, man. If people could just see us right now, they would have understood the first one. Yeah, the first one's just like a short, squatty glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> tell me about what it was like uh, whenever you had your first kiddo. Um, what was that experience? You were fairly young um, whenever you had your first kid. Yeah, I'm still pretty young, man. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I just mean like <laughs> I don't think it was planned, right? Was uh, it was kind of just like a yeah, no, man. It was one of those things where you know you thought you had your timing down and you didn't. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> the rhythm method. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, man. I think I've got one more. Sh- yeah, okay. you're, you're trying to, you know. But yeah, you know, uh, yes. To answer your question, I it was really young, especially in comparison to how just. I view kids or young adults this day and age, you know, I was, uh, 23 and, oh, that's not as young as I thought. That's that's all right. Yeah. I was 23. Um, and her mother turned 21, um, roughly six weeks before she gave birth. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So, so yeah. So together, I mean, I was barely 23. She was barely 21 yeah and then all of a sudden you know here we are living in this you know we were both living in dallas at the time and here we are with this baby um 
Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it wasn't planned, and it was one of those things where I still remember to this day. Like, uh, we weren't even living together. Um, we were. I was just hanging out with her after work one night, and then she looks at me and just says, oh, "How do you feel about kids?" <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm you know, 23 year old me. It's completely clueless, you know. Yeah, I'm just good chances. I'm might have been a little high. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you know, I like kids. I have a little brother who's nine years old, and, yeah, you know, he's awesome. And, you know, maybe one day I would like to have kids. And then all of a sudden she just tells me that she's pregnant. Yeah. And then, man, anytime you get news like that, no matter what phase of life you're in or anything, you know, even even if you are trying – you just have to let it sink in for a second. Yeah, man. Just, it's got to be like a punch in the gut where you're like, uh, what? Like yeah. I gotta, huh? What happened? Yeah. Especially, you know, at the, you know, if it's your first child, you mean, you don't have any idea what you're about to get into. You, yeah. you don't know what's in store. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously we, we made the choice to, I don't even think we really discussed any other options. We just were like, all right, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, we, we, we buckled up and, you know, um, God, it was, that's 18 and a half, you know, shit. It's been over 19 years now that I got that bit of news. So yeah. like trying to remember it vividly. I mean, I remember where I was. I remember just like the, okay, whew, all right. <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of over the next few months, just kind of like going about life as normal, you know, while she was growing this human in her and, you know, it's just like. I think dads sometimes get a little, I mean, yes, we, we had a part in that, but we didn't have to do anything, you yeah. know, like, like the, the mom grows the baby in her belly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she changes physically, she changes emotionally, she changes hormonally and yeah. everything. And, you know, we just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. We, we just, just mowing the lawn, drinking a beer. Yeah. Just kind of going about, about our normal business, you know? Yeah. So, and it's, Kind of like that too. The first few weeks to first few months after the baby's born, you're just kind of useless. Yeah, you because you can't provide food for the kiddo unless you're doing just like straight formula. And yeah, I mean, um, I think your main job the first few months is to uh, just help change diapers and do whatever you can for mom. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man, I don't know. It was uh, it was wild, man. Um. It was all such a like kind of this big blur, and she was my first daughter was born right around, uh, not right around. She we missed Christmas Day by one hour, so you know it was kind of just this big like surreal moment with the holiday mixed in with you know becoming a dad for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be weird to have a, a birthday on Christmas. Uh, it's kind of you got to sort of. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I imagine as a kid, you're like. Oh, is this my birthday gift or is this my Christmas? I would have got this gift anyways. I mean, it's one cool liked... like celebrity birthday you share a birthday with. Oh, who's that? JC, <laughs> dude, come JC. on. JC. <laughs> oh man, best celebrity birthday ever. Yeah. Hi, Abs. <laughs> I think my. Uh, I'm trying to think like you know my my celebrity birthday like the the coolest one I think for me is. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Oh I, yeah, I, 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 I like his films and man. yeah. So you, you don't you don't know your celebrity. Birthday? I don't think I've got any cool celebrities. You don't know, man. I know my birthday sometimes falls on like Christopher Columbus Day, but I don't know. Yeah, October fourteen. 
Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up for you, okay. man. We're gonna, yeah, we'll we'll keep talking, man. But okay, I'm gonna cool. look this up, man. <laughs> um, shit, what was I gonna? Oh yeah, I was gonna riff on um kids getting like Christmas. Is that also a nice a nice little cop out where you're like, um, we just got you a bigger gift because uh, no, there's no copping out, man. It's just a lot more expensive. It's a lot more expensive. Yeah, yeah. You get hit with a double double whammy. I don't know, man. If you, it's just one of those things, man. Both those things happen every year. Yeah. And a birthday and Christmas happen every year for kids. So therefore, you know, if you just plan and budget right, it's not really any different. But sure. the fact you're just dropping a lot, you yeah. know, at that time of year. Um, you know, when they're young, you know, you can kind of get away with some things. And then sure. there's that middle phase where you got to go all out. And then when they get older again, you know, you can kind of you can taper off, kind of taper off a yeah. little more. <laughs> Here, I got you some cash. <laughs> go do whatever yeah that's good man um what was childbirth like for as a dad oh geez man oh man so did you oh by the way did you find a celebrity birthday yeah, stuff? yeah man so nothing's let's, coming up right let's back up to this man yeah i did <laughs> i mean pretty soon maybe your name will be at the top of this list it's got a 16 year old <laughs> kid named rowan blanchard who is that Aw, shit, dude. I think I found your best celebrity birthday. Okay. I'm still... We got... Oh, man, you got a couple good ones. Uh, you got Usher. Ooh, me and Usher? Yeah. Uh, this guy that makes clothes named uh, Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I know Ralph Lauren. The uh, the good-looking kid from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, Jon Snow? Yeah. Or um, King uh, Joffrey. What's his real name? You think King Joffrey's no, good-looking, dude? <laughs> Oh, buddy, here we go. No, it's okay. You can you can talk to me, man. Like, we all know it's Jon Snow. Oh, uh, man, dude. Cool. Yeah, I got some cool birthdays in there. I yeah, we'll just time. we'll just stop right there. Um, That's good. I'm happy with that. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, that dude's a douche. <laughs> Is that one of the Jonas Brothers? <laughs> he's like a Jonas Brother. No, he's the guy that, he's a sports commentator. Oh, okay. That just likes to hear himself talk. Oh, boy. That Anyways. sounds like somebody I know. Yeah. No, he's Me. good. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah. So uh, yeah. What was childbirth like as a dad? Because <sighs> you don't have to, like you said, your part, your role is significant, but maybe small. Like you, it's, it doesn't. It's not as. Yeah. It's so not I, as major. I had um, two very, very um, different uh, experiences between yeah. the two kids. Yeah. Um, Tell me about both. So with with Lillian, my oldest, um, we did the whole hospital route um, where, you know, we were at Presbyterian in Dallas. We get there, um, water broke in the afternoon. We get to the hospital in the mid-afternoon. Um, contractions aren't really coming, so they give her Pitocin, which is a drug to speed up contractions to help induce labor. Yeah. And then what that usually does, it's not a natural, Pitocin is naturally produced in the body, but whenever they inject it into you, it's your body is no longer naturally overseeing the delivery time. Yeah. Um, it's speeding things up and it can be very painful. So then usually when that happens, almost everyone opts for the epidural, which is where they basically it's, 
anesthesia from pretty much middle of the back down where they stick a needle into your spine yeah. and numb your body, it's which is what they did to her. Crazy, by the way. Yeah. It's the only time I had to leave the room. Like, I, I could see the baby coming out of her, but they would not let me watch the needle going in. And uh, they explained to me um, a couple years earlier at that hospital, um, a father fainted watching the needle go in and hit his head. <laughs> so, therefore, <laughs> protocol made it change out, which made me a little upset. I really wanted to see that. Yeah, um, I would I would actually be interested in seeing yeah, a needle go into someone's spine yeah, as same opposed here. to a baby come out of a body. Could, for me, uh, for you, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you it, know, understandable. For, for a, if it was my kid, maybe things would change a little bit, and I would want to see my child. Man, I cannot tell you medically how many times it really does matter if it's your kid, because I mean, even as a dad, like there's a lot of stuff I don't care about if it's not my kid. Yeah, for sure. But, I, and I can only imagine not having kids. Like, yeah, it doesn't. It's not interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, we... Uh, There's a comedian that said uh, uh, dreams are kind of like photographs. I imagine it's the same with like kids. He said, if I'm not in them, I don't want to see them. <laughs> He's like, like, if I'm not in them or if nobody's nude. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to see them, dude. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's if I'm not in them or if no one's naked, I don't want to see the picture. <laughs> I, I actually know who said that. <laughs> who said that? Uh, that was our, our friend Dennis on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, because uh, Dee was trying to tell him about one of his dreams. <laughs> One of her dreams, and she, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, dreams are like photographs. If I'm not in it or nobody's no. nude, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you think about that, I mean, whenever you're going through a stack of photographs, like, you just want to see yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, I look pretty good in this one. Unless there's a titty. Yeah, you're like, oh, that looks pretty good in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, uh, yeah. Oh, back to the childbirth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... We got the epidural, uh, and then from there, things just kind of really calmed down. Um, things were really chill for a while, and basically, we just... Um, <laughs> Abby's, Abby, your dog just joined us for the podcast. She's giving me a smooch. Yeah, Abby loves you. What do you say, Abby? <laughs> so, Good girl. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, it, it was just pretty chill. Um, we just kind of hung out for a while until you know periodically the nurse would come in and like check cervix see how far you're dilated um yeah basically dilation ranges from zero to a 10 um about nine or eight and a half nine is where you start the baby's dropping and the head's in the birthing canal and then you start pushing um Jeez. and then basically like the the OBGYN the doctor they they really basically just kind of have it made the nurse does all the work there yeah yeah and then literally the doctor gets a little buzz like all right we're at a ten heads I can see the head yeah doctor walks in puts on his gloves pulls the kid out hands it to the mom and walks back out yikes um but yeah so that was so that was the the first birthing experience um and like I said man that was 19 years ago uh was almost that, is that jarring as a 22 year 23 year old to be like whoa fuck I made this thing. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's jarring at any age, but oh, geez, just to man. be like, whoa. I, I mean, life. It, it It's amazing is what it is. I mean, it's just the, the amount of, there's just the, the, 
it's so hard to like put into words, man. I was actually thinking about this the other day too, is how, how would you explain it, man? It's one of those things where people are like, oh, you really don't know unless you've been there. That This is one of those rare incidences where I think that's 100% true. Yeah. Um, like the, you spawned this thing, like, like you gave life. This thing is half your DNA with someone else's DNA. Just the whole concept of like recreation is so fascinating to me that you take this little bitty sperm and this one egg and yeah. they meet up and then cells form and then all of a sudden it turns into what you and I are today. Yeah. Out of pretty much nothing. It's fucking fascinating. It's crazy, yeah. Um, but that said, man, you, uh, you, all the kind of the people like, oh, that's gross or man, that's I, how did you watch that? That all goes away, man, whenever the child comes out. Yeah, like, I imagine it becomes medical or like. Uh, like uh, I think your body magical. just produces um, this this massive amount of uh, like oxytocin, where you're just like completely euphoric feeling. Sure. And, and you just you at that point, man, it's it's really weird. It's um, you have you can't really explain it, but the like the love and the connection you have for your own offspring, yeah, is completely different than any other connection you could you can make in life yeah uh it's different than the the love you have for your siblings it's different than the love you have for your parents it's different than the love you have for your significant other sure it's it's just this completely all-encompassing unconditional like love and like this in instantaneous want and need to nurture and take care of this thing that you that is from you um yeah and i think that that goes beyond just you know something us it's bigger than that you know i think it's mother nature's like way of making sure that this thing is going to be cared for and provided for sure but, uh, but yeah man it's it was it was wild like seeing her um and so the the hospital birth after basically she was born um you know the baby immediately goes to the mother's arms for at a hospital for just a few seconds mm -hmm. or a couple minutes um they handed me the scissors let me cut through the cord which is an, which is a lot rubberier rubberier than you think. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like they kind of take the baby away. They measure it. They weigh it. They wrap it up. Um, they do like exams. Did they give you a sharp pair of scissors, or did you have to like really just kind of like dig one side in? Oh no, man! I had to, <laughs> I had the good medical grade shit. Dude. You did, yeah. So it was one snip. Yeah, it was. You like, have to do it like a piece oh, of no. fabric and like a dull pair of. They scissors. They were a like, shiny <laughs> pair of stainless steel snips sitting on a table next to a scaffold and some other things. It was pretty dope. Um, so that said, man. Um, so that was kind of the first experience, and then from there they kind of get willed away and go to a nursery. And we were, they were, we were told, you know, hey, you need your rest. Um, Did they tell you where to cut it? Sorry, man. <laughs> Oh, you want to get back to the cutting? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get back to the cutting. Did they tell you where to cut it? Or are they like, here, it's right here? Um, uh, yeah, no, they, they told me where to cut, where they cut it, man. Yeah, um, you're like, it's it's on this side right here. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you want to kind of go right here. Um, because they cut it, you could basically can cut it anywhere between the... Because at the time you cut the cord, the placenta is still inside the mother. Like, oh. Like, like the, the, the cord... Is still because basically, what a lot of people don't realize is after you push the kid out, yeah, 
you, you, you got to push the placenta out, yeah, which is gotta, the afterbirth and, you know, the sac, the amniotic sac and everything that the baby was in because sure. the sac breaks, the kid comes out, then the sac comes out later. But you're so preoccupied holding your new kid that you kind of forget about that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so like the end of the cord is, you know, still attached to the placenta, which is still inside. Yeah. And uh, obviously the other side is attached to the baby that just came out. So you can kind of cut anywhere in there. And then from there, they kind of clamp it off on on the baby and then they cut it again you know so just, they do the final cut you, you yeah, yeah basically you, you do the initial cut to separate the placenta yeah. from and then they do belly button cut and they kind of do the approximate close to the belly button cut and, yeah you know and that thing usually takes about two and a half weeks or so to fall off yeah that's um, crazy yeah dude it's it's wild man but you you you, you got so much other things to worry about you kind of forget about that i um, used to call it the raisin whenever i was a little <laughs> it looked like a raisin man. <laughs> it's like a little raisin in your belly button <laughs> um, again, like ooh, she's still got a raisin yeah that means she's a new baby yeah brand new baby brand new babies have raisins in their belly button um but yeah, so the 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 thing, man, um, with the hospital birth is after that they basically kind of take the baby away from you and will it down to the nursery. Yeah, where I'm sure you've maybe I'm not sure if you have, but you know you see at least in the movies where you know the baby's been born and you know you see the family staring through this glass window and looking at you know little bed number three. That's your yeah. you know your niece, your nephew, your brother, your grandson, or somebody. Yeah. Um, which is just kind of weird if you think about it, man. Um, in this, especially I think in America, like we have in the last, you know, 20 to 40 years, maybe I'm not sure about the time frame, but childbirth has become a, um, more of a medical procedure than like just this natural cycle of life, you know, cause people have been bearing and giving birth to chi- children, you know, since we've been around. Yeah. And only in the last so many years has it really become this like medical procedure where, you know, the kids, it takes place the way it does at a hospital. Um, so she was in the nursery for a while and then they told us, you know, Hey, you guys get a good night's rest and then we'll, we'll the baby back to you in the morning. Um, Just take the kid for 24 hours and then you guys have to sleep? Uh, it's not even 24 hours, man. It was, uh, you know, I mean, she was born at 11 o'clock at night. And, I, you know, I think they brought her back in to breastfeed at one point. And um, because the kid has to eat you know, yeah. every four hours. But they kind of help, you know, the first few hours after that to let the mother rest or something of that nature. Um, but it was, I don't know. Like I said, man, this is all like, you know, little bits and pieces of memory from almost 20 years ago man, sure, that man. I'm having. Um, yeah. Tell me about the, the, the latest birth yeah. that you had, which was just... Which was, you know, a year and a half ago. Two, yeah, I was going to say two years, but uh, not quite there yet. Almost the, A year and some change. Yeah, <laughs> man. That one, this one's really fresh. Um, um, so m- my wife, Liz, and I um, decided uh, early on that we wanted to go a more natural route. Yeah. With uh with the birth of our youngest daughter Olivia. Well, yeah. Um, um so we decided to do Austin Area Birthing Center, which is a basically a midwife facility, uh home like setting, but still obviously a 
a lot more access than just having your kid at home in your bed. You know, you got medical equipment, you're in close proximity to the hospital. Explain, you, explain midwife uh, situation because I just recently learned what that was. <laughs> so basically a midwife is a, I mean, dude, I don't know the technical definition of a midwife. If you do tell me, um, I just, it, I, it's a person that is, you know, almost all mid, all the midwives at this facility were also registered nurses. Yeah. Um, and they are trained to deliver. Yeah. That's, that's all that I, I don't know the technical term either, but my general understanding of it is, uh, a person that's trained medically outside of a hospital to help deliver, um, baby. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly that's a, basically. Uh, sorry um, if I got too medical just now, and that was uh, above everyone's head. But um, yeah, here, here here's the uh, official definition: a person, in parentheses, typically a woman, trained to assist women in childbirth. <laughs> pretty, I think we nailed that one. That's pretty good. You All right, I, yeah. yeah, we nailed it. Not bad. Um, Not bad. Yeah, so so we we went the natural route. Um, okay, man. Yeah, th- this one's still really fresh on my mind, man. Um, so uh, the few months leading up to go time, we uh, took some classes um, at the facility. We were kind of paired. Basically, they kind of get everyone together that's due in the same month. Yeah. Um, so we were in the November group, even though our due date was mid-December. The December group didn't work for our time frame with um, when the classes were, but the November group did. Okay. So we jumped into the November group, um, like one class in, and um, over the next like twelve weeks, we would go every Wednesday morning and meet with other couples who were also expecting their first child. Um, myself and one other gentleman in there already had children. Um, all 10 women in there were, it was their first child. And then eight of the 10 guys, it was going to be their first child. Yeah. So we come in and just kind of go over scenarios together and just basically just kind of a support group basically for this. Um, do you feel like you get snarls from women for, for like, uh, you know, you don't do anything. He, men were carrying this thing around and lugging it. Looking around, giving it all our nutrients, and do you f- no, because I mean, your partner who's pregnant. I mean, she she knows what you're what you do for them. I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, yeah, we really didn't have to do much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, in the, the grand the, scheme of things, if you really think about it, the most we had to do to make this whole thing possible was we got to have sex. Yeah, which you know. Is awesome. Was perfect. Yeah, yeah it's you great. Yeah. Probably didn't have to pull out or didn't pull out, which was probably an extra little benefit. You weren't wearing a rubber, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no, no. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? yeah that's that's kind of how things work, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, it was. Yeah. So like, that's not, ba- not only was it sex, it was pretty good. Yeah. Sex. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of. Uh, no, I think th- I don't think they judge you for that, man. I think they they understand. Um, okay, uh, yeah. I think I, at least I can't speak for everyone. I felt very supported. Okay, that. cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I didn't feel any animosity towards me. That yeah, you know, I did my best to gain weight during that time as well. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you find some pounds? Some sympathy pounds? I mean, whenever she said she wanted ice cream. I wasn't holding back. Of course not. Absolutely not. You're there for support. Yeah. I'm like, you want ice cream? 
I want, I want ice Road. cream. Yeah, I want a specific yeah, ice cream. Yeah, so we want different ice creams. Looks like we're each getting our own ice cream. Yeah. And I'll finish mine. Because I love you, babe. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is for you. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not putting the spoon down. I'm eating this for you. Yeah. And I'm not going to throw mine up in the morning. No. You know, that's, that's kind of that's the one cool <clears throat> thing. Like, uh, with, with, with Liz, uh, she didn't. There, there wasn't really much morning sickness. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard. Um, it's, it's, it's usually one or the other. It's usually really yeah. bad or not at all. Yeah, it's, it's a tsunami or no rain at all. Like there's no, no storm. Like yeah. it's just. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say like, like the pregnancy was a walk in the park, man. Sure. Um, she, she, you know, my, my wife is a, 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 a very, you know, like slender you know, healthy person. And she put on, you know, decent amount of weight in a radical amount of time. Like yeah. that's, that's gotta be a, uh, take its toll just yeah. like on you, on your bones, on your muscle structure. Like it's, Oh dude, like, especially like, cause if, if you think about it, like you're putting on 50 ish pounds in less than right at nine months. And even like the first month and a half of that, you're really not showing it all. So we're talking about, 50 pounds in the last, you know, in a six to seven month span. Sure. The, the, the stress that puts on your body, man, is gotta be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know like just with, with our case in particular, like it, she was having like a lot of foot pain and just from carrying the extra weight around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so anyway, oh yeah, back to centering. I'm so, yeah, yeah. No, so it's, distracted no it's good, dude. Uh, I, I like these little small, like, and side note. Yeah. Takes um, a toll on your body. And by the way, okay, now back to, yeah, yeah, I like, I like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah man, so, um, so we, we're going to centering class, which um, kind of prepares you for what you're going to be getting into, and like, you have these different scenarios, like where these, um, so at Austin Area Birthing Center, the north location where we were going to be delivering, there are three birthing rooms, um, and they're all three pretty different looking on the inside but they're all three designed to look like a bedroom like they're all pretty comfortable looking um they all two of the three had huge hot tubs for water birth um which yeah. was the direction we were intending to go i um, thought that's what you guys did so <laughs> basically the idea behind a water birth um well first of all is back this up a little bit the 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 natural childbirth basically is you, you're doing this 100% on your own without any sort of drugs, without any sort of, you know, any anything in your system. You, you're basically giving birth the way nature intended you to give birth. Yeah. Which, um, more so in America than any other country, we have veered from that. Which, um, right. If anybody out there really wants to watch a fascinating documentary on hospital births versus home births. There's a documentary floating around called The The Business of Childbirth. Yeah. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah. But yeah, it's the business of childbirth. And it goes into like how the medical field has turned or at least modern day medicine has turned it into a medical procedure and the amount of money they make and the amount of time they keep you at the hospital. Like the average hospital birth, you're in the hospital for three days racking up just bills, bills, bills. Fuck. Man, we were in and out in six, almost seven hours. Wow. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these rooms, you know, and so like our, our initial idea was to um, 
do this uh, a water birth because um, the I guess the feeling of weightlessness inside the water really helps alleviate a lot of the pain and it because um, and it aids in childbirth. So um, that was kind of our initial plan, but uh, obviously I feel things- like water kind of keeps everything. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say it kind of keeps everything lubricated and maybe it would be a little easier on your body, but I don't know. It definitely makes it easier on the body. Just as far as the, just the, but the weight displacement, like you said, seems seems like uh, that would be helpful. I don't know, but I I've never carried a child, so I have no idea. But um, but yeah, so uh, we'll just kind of fast forward to to the the day of um. It was uh, a Tuesday mid morning ish uh-huh. um, here at this house. Uh, Liz is like, um, I think my water broke, and sure enough, like the water did break. <laughs> Were you guys in bed or walking around? Or <laughs> I think she was sleeping. She's oh, like, yeah, man. sleeping, and then like, oh man, uh, water broke. Yeah. But, Wake uh, up. I think the water broke. But um, so we, we call our, our midwife. We call the birthing center. Yeah. Um, and so basically the midwives do a 24-hour shift. So like we were assigned one midwife who we were very familiar with. Um, she was the one that kind of led our class that we were going to those last, you know, 14 weeks or so. Um, but um, after that... So they're like, you know, well, where are your contractions at? Um, so basically, I, I think it's called the 411. Let me see if I remember this right. Uh, contractions are less than four minutes apart, lasting for at least one minute long for one solid hour. Okay. So the 411. So once your contractions get to less than four minutes apart, lasting at least one minute, for one solid hour, that's whenever they want you to come in. Sure. So, but if you're having, you know, a contraction and then you're going, you know, 15, 20 minutes without one or whatever, then they're like, you know, no, no, we don't need you coming in yet because it's going to, you're an early, what's called pre-labor. You're better off doing that in a comfortable environment. So we stayed, so we were here. I actually went to work that day. Um, It was a Tuesday. So I went in, tied up some loose ends because by the way, this is November 29th. Yeah. Our due date was middle of December. So we're almost three weeks early, like roughly 17, 18 days early. Okay. Is this scary? Am I scared? Yeah. I, I mean, it, there is a level of anxiousness that comes along with it. Sure, um, sure. I don't want to say scared um, and like anxiousness, anticipation, um, just like. It's not even an uneasy feeling. It's just like, okay, man, like, all right, like this, we do, <laughs> like, what, what do we, you know? Like, yeah. Well, what's going on with this? What are, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Yeah. <clears> so <throat> we're, we're kind of at that point, just kind of, you know, waiting to like, kind of see like where her body goes. Cause we're letting her natural, the natural course kind of lead the way. Yeah. So I, I go into work, I tie up some loose ends. Um, I'm there from about three till about nine o'clock at night. Uh, I get home, I get back to the house right here about right at nine. Um, and so her contractions really hadn't sped up much. Um, she had a bunch of her girlfriends over here with her while I was at work. Um, and we go into the birthing center about 10 o'clock yeah. on that Tuesday night. 
and they basically and um so once again we're going the all natural route with this delivery yeah um so what they do to help kind of see if they can induce labor is they hook you up to a breast pump oh okay and so what that does like it just emulates like it creates that natural pitocin in, in the body yeah to um help kind of induce child labor so we were sitting there on a breast pump for roughly an hour where we would do 15 minutes on 15 minutes off 15 minutes on 15 minutes off um that sounds awful once again easy on me sure yeah i'm yeah. just i'm 100 there for support sure you know like and and you know liz is one of the strongest willed persons i've uh, you know i i've ever known you know and she she took it well i mean and you know, I think at this point it was just like anxiousness for both of us, kind of yeah. like like when when's when's she coming? When's she coming? Um, so after about an hour or so of that, um, they take us back off. Um, they give us some natural herbs that kind of also help stimulate the body, and they tell us, um, "Hey, why don't you? Uh, you're, you're still not really dilated that much. Um, your contractions are still pretty far apart." Um, at this point, it's about 11 o'clock at night or so, maybe a little later, because um, yeah. I remember I went to get P. Terry's. <laughs> <laughs> they gave her natural herbs. I went and got P. Terry's. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a cheeseburger place in Austin. <laughs> I got us P. Terry's. Uh, oh, you know, okay, all right, hey, yeah. Yeah, we, we needed, we didn't know, we needed some fuel, man. Yeah. Um, so um, we did that, and then we... It just, it was like so so granola up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> like, it was, like, we went the natural route. Uh, they gave us some, some natural herbs. We had some tea. Um, to be fair, but, P. Terry's is 100% grass-fed beef. <laughs> <laughs> it's the all granola the veg- version of fast food. It's true. Yeah, all their vegetables are locally sourced from farms around us. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, okay, made me feel good. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so anyway, so we do that, and basically they, uh, <laughs> so they they say, all right, we're gonna send you home because, um, you know, we want you to be comfortable, and people are most comfortable in their settings of their own home. Yeah. So, um, you go and you know, kind of relax, try to rest as much as you can, try to go to sleep if you can, because you're, when things are go time, you know, you. you you could be going at it for a while and your body needs all the nutrients and rest it can get leading up to it. Sure. Cause I mean, giving birth is probably the most taxing thing a person could ever do to their body. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. you know, you and I will never know. No, correct. But yeah, having witnessed it, I, I can only imagine what it physically does to the body. Yeah. Um, so we, we come back home and, and here's the interesting thing is that, so they're like, if by six a.m. things haven't hit that four one one mark, that that little magic number they're looking for, we need you to drink this. It's a shake. It's a castor oil shake, <laughs> which is like the the last straw to like really because at this point you got to remember the the water broke, and basically you, there's there's less than a forty eight hour window to get the kid out after the water breaks before like infection can start setting in oh shit yeah. okay yeah so there we are on a timeline here yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point so <clears throat> they give us this 
basically like a casserole oil shake, which you drink this and basically say almost immediately you're going to go into labor. So if it, this doesn't happen, drink this at 6 a.m. and, you know, give us a call around 7 and we'll get you set up. So we're kind of finally, I guess, go to sleep around. It's really hard to sleep at this point because we're both so anxious. And, yeah. you know, obviously she's contracting, which is. No one's relaxed at this point. It's, it's hard to doze off, you it's know, right? painful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contractions yeah. are painful. Um, so anyways, we, we do that um, and we kind of are resting for a little bit and then. They're starting to speed up around four-ish in the morning. Um, like, they're starting to get a little more prevalent. Like, okay, like, we're, we're, we're making progress. And it was, if I recall right, it was sometime around five in the morning. Um, I get up and I make a, a protein shake. Like, like for, for not, not a casserole shake, but just, like, trying to get her some more nutrients. So yeah. I'll make this, like, protein smoothie and give it to her and she drinks it and then almost immediately she gets sick from it uh or just basically (laughs) throws up the shake sure yeah uh sorry babe um (laughs) and and it was like at that moment a, a, a switch flipped and the contractions were just rolling in. Thank you, muscle milk. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so we're we're just sitting here, and keep in mind, this is like the birthing center really doesn't get open till eight in the morning. So, yeah, we have the on call midwife who's at her house, but she's just on call. Yeah. So we're just like, all right, we're riding these contractions out. They're they're timing. You know, we're like six minutes apart, five minutes apart, and then all of a sudden four minutes apart, but they're only lasting like, you know, not quite a minute. They're like 30, 40 seconds. And yeah. like, they're like, all right, and we're almost to that magic number. Sure. And then 6.30ish, 7ish, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're timing them, and we're up to like two minutes apart, two and a half minutes apart. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is like twice as fast as they're supposed to be happening before we get there. Yeah. So, and... At this point, they are extremely intense. Like, like she is definitely in what I can would call active labor. Sure, in our bedroom, just her and I, <laughs> no one else. Where it's just the two God. of us here at the house. And did they give you any kind of like, hey, dude, if this happens and you happen to be at your house, here's a crash course on how to deliver a baby. Uh, they just say call nine one one if you see the baby <laughs> coming. Basically. <laughs> Uh, no, there was no real crash course in this, man. So, so <laughs> at, at this point, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm there, I'm holding her hand, I'm breathing with her, just her and I on the bed. Like, okay. And, and trying to be cool. I'm scared shitless, man. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, I am like, <sighs> oh, I would be scared shitless. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, <clears throat> like it went from like, okay, we're laboring, we're comfortable to like, man, I'm not sure if she's not going to start delivering this kid here at the house with me only. Yeah. So I'm calling, I call the midwife. She answers the phone. She's like, okay, well my, you know, my shift ends, like I'm off at, at eight. Let me reach out to who's taking over and get her ready to come in. Cause she's probably going to have to come in early. Yeah. I'm like, okay, great, cool. Please call her. She, yes. She's probably going to have to come in early. You're like, yes, she is. She's going to have to come in early. Yeah, Here's my address. Coming. Send her to the house. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, 
we're, we're doing this, man. And like, we think, you know, we already had the bags packed. We were pretty prepared for I mean, we were very prepared for this. We had the bags packed. The car was loaded up. Like all we have to do is get to the car. Yeah. So, um, at this point, man, the sun's starting to come up because it's November. Yeah. So this is probably right around seven something in the morning. Yeah. Um, and the look on her face was like, I'm getting ready to have this kid. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, like, all right. They said, come on in, come on in. <laughs> so, you know, we are actually here at my house. We live in North Austin. The birthing center is basically between, off of Duval Road between, right at basically Mopac and Duval. So there's no highway to get there from here. How long of a drive? Well, if we were going at like, you know, two in the afternoon when there's no traffic, we're looking at 12, 13 minutes. Piece of cake. Easy. Yeah. Just straight down breaker up to Duval. <laughs> we're there. No problem. Ah, uh, <laughs> this is rush hour traffic time. <laughs> but let me, let me, let me just take a step back real quick too for this. Um, so they're like, all right, you we, go ahead and get her in the car and we're going to come like get us to the hospital, get us to the birthing center. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're back in our bedroom right back there. Yeah. Car is in the driveway. Right. From, if I had to guess, you know, walking down the hall, through the dining room, through the den, through the garage, to the car, you're looking at probably 40 steps, 30 steps. Yeah. Um, Between 20 to 40 steps. Somewhere around there. Safe. Not very, it's, it's literally a seven, eight second walk. Okay. If, if that. Yeah. It took us, Adam, probably close to 15, what felt like an hour, but probably 15, 17 minutes to get from the bed to the car because oh. she kept having contractions along the way and had to stop and was oh. like, like, we'd get like four steps and then she would just double over like I was holding her up and just the the look on her face and the strain and the breathing she was going through to get through this pain. Oh. like was crazy man like yeah and that's when it really hit me like fuck man what what are we doing (laughs) why did we decide to do this natural route what are we thinking like why did i leave the hospital yeah yeah yeah, i know so uh were you prepared at all no it had to be even more scary i was gonna ask if you were prepared at all because you've been through this one time but it had to have been worse like you were saying like why did we yeah. <laughs> no, I was not prepared for this, man. Yeah, uh, you're like. I mean, but oh, that whole time is, is what you're thinking the whole time. I'm trying to like, we got this. You're being like, the cool guy, like you're. It's like, all good. Look, we got this. We're, we're cool. We're cool. We got this. Let's cool. get you to the car, babe. Okay, let's stop. We're gonna breathe. be like the Fonz, and what's the Fonz like? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Breathe. Breathe. Okay. And let's take as many steps as we can before the next one stops. Okay. We're yeah. Breathe. 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 Okay, like I said, man, it seems like forever, but it was honestly probably 15 minutes to get to the car. Um, get her in the car, get her buckled up. Um, she's just like, she's she's in another place in her head at this point. Like, like yeah. she's 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 Liz, but she's not. She's she's just like so internally focused on what's about to happen. You know, was it anything like the demonic kid on like the exorcism where you're just like, 
like speaking in tongues and like no just give me the fucking sinner i don't know uh we'll we'll get to that okay uh, <laughs> i'm sorry um but not no at this point no okay and not really that bad sure on. but anyway so we get to the car and here we go we back out and it's about seven forty-five in the morning uh-huh. and what do we have rush hour traffic sure i sit at the light here at lamar and uh, breaker for like three turns the whole time just like you know just heavy breathing yeah and all of a sudden she <laughs> looks at me and says i feel like i need to start pushing oh, fuck. and i'm like Shit. no don't do that no, no like so i have Clinch, the, don't push so i have the hazards on <laughs> and and i am like you ever see that clip in Office Space where he's like trying to change lanes and drive real fast, but just he's coming to a stop? Yeah. It goes into every slow lane. Yeah, like that lane starts moving, and then he moves into the next one, and that that's one what it felt like. Like <laughs> I've got the hazards on. I'm trying to drive on the shoulder when I can. Like I'm passing cars illegally. Like I'm just like, this is the one time I feel like I can get away with this. Because they don't make um, a, a bumper sticker that says "baby on board." They've got the baby on board, but they don't have the soon to be baby on board which should be a more urgent like, yeah like a little flashing sign you put in your car like get me yeah yeah so uh a little banner anyways we we finally after very stressful moments um i may or may not probably did miss a turn um yeah which made us have to backtrack <laughs> yeah which was was still coherent enough to bring up to me oh of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like motherfucker you were supposed to turn here yeah what are you doing um so anyways <laughs> hyper vigilant and you're just trying to keep it together <laughs> exactly um yeah they got it so um so anyways we um finally get to the birthing center so one of her best friends uh who was also like going to birthing classes with her that's going to be in the room with us was already there waiting outside like we get Liz out of the car, uh, park right up front, um, walk into the birthing room we had picked, which was right there, walk in, and the midwife comes in immediately and was like, all right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and let's see how far you're dilated. Yeah. And so we get her situated. Like, she's, first of all, she's, like, just kind of hunched over on all fours on the bed. Like, at this point, filling the tub up for a water birth is not in the question <laughs> like 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 we that that ship sailed hours ago yeah that ship sailed whenever you were supposed to turn on breaker <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what oh man that ship sailed sorry dude i'm fucking with your microphone now Oop. let me see this pop mic nah son of a bitch yeah dude <laughs> there we go Get golden yeah, that feels really good. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, anyways, we're at the birthing center, and uh, man, this is like the, but you know, th- this is taking forever, but at the same time, it's just it's all just a whirlwind. Yeah, a complete whirlwind, man. Right. It's uh, wow. You know, I'm still trying to process everything. We we get in there, midwife comes in, and you know, lets her get through a couple more contractions, and then basically assesses her cervix and says all right you're at a 10 we're gonna go ahead and start pushing oh and i'm like we just walked in the door yeah we're starting to push and and so basically it took a few minutes to get her onto her back because of the position she laid down on the bed and um we got her on the back and you know we're you know pushing and i'm like 
standing over her like all right breathe you got this holding her hands like i'm like standing above her from behind like looking down at her head holding her hands yeah and she's uh looks at me and says your breast smells like coffee (laughs) i'm like so the other girl that's in the room with us runs and gets me some mints Did you have coffee? Did you even have coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I was. I, I made coffee that morning, man. I knew I was gonna be up. Um. So, anyways. Uh. Yeah. So, so at this point, man, we're like, we're 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 go time. Like, we're pushing. We're we're trying to get through this, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden, it's uh. About I don't know, fifteen minutes into the pushing, and the the head starts to crown, and that she's just like this, and um the midwife kind of just stops and looks at me and goes, Hey, do you want to come down here and deliver your child? Whoa. Yeah. That's, that was my reaction. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. And she's like, of course, like I can, I can help you. You know, it's like, all right. I guess it's not so much deliver, but receive my child. Sure. Like basically like a center or exactly. uh, like a quarterback from a center. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like, but just in a different position. Sure. Uh, so anyways, we, um, yeah. So I'm like, do, do I need to go wash my hands? And she was like, no, not really. Like the kid's coming out pretty dirty. You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. So I walk around and at this point, you know, you can, God, man, can we talk about this? Yeah, I guess we can. Yeah. 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 yeah so we're like, all right. So she, that our daughter's crowning, which is basically when, you can start to see the head coming out and yeah. I walk around and, you know, she's like, all right, you know, and we're going to get a couple big pushes and you're going to see the head. And then once the head is like halfway out, it's just, she's going to just start coming and you're going to come. And as soon as the head's completely out, you're going to rotate the kid to the, to the side, 90 oh. degrees, like 90 degrees to the right. And then you're going to just not pull, but you're just going to have your hands and the pushing's going to let the kid come out into your hand so you know i'm I'm all of a sudden going from like spectator to like basically starting in the game yeah yeah Um, (laughs) and um yeah it 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 all happened so fast but in essence man i got to deliver my child wow that's crazy man which which uh yeah it's something i'll never forget you know it's Man, and just to see her and then to immediately hand her to Liz and goes up to the breast. Uh, the one thing she was like, don't pull so far because the kid's still connected. Because I'm like, when to pick the kid up. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. yeah how so, much? Uh... So th- this is like the big difference kind of getting back to what I was talking about earlier with sure. the, the hospital birth versus the, the um, assisted, like the midwife birth, birthing center birth are... Uh, they do not take the child from the mother. They consider it to be extremely crucial for the baby to be chest to chest with the mom for the first number of hours after the delivery. Right. So we basically um, cut the cord right there, cleaned her up while she was still on Liz's chest and um, went to immediately try to get the first feeding in and basically held her with us. Um, I think we all three kind of took a little nap at some point in the the bed we gave birth in together um and after that man like we literally we were on our couch seven hours later that's crazy yeah that's crazy and then you're at home with this baby and it almost feels like it's too soon yeah you know what i mean it's just like we were just this morning like 
this kid was inside of you like you know 10 hours ago and now we're just here on the couch like yeah yeah so it's, i don't know man it was just wild but but just watching the the especially getting to experience liz becoming a mom for the first time was uh was something i'll never forget man sure just the 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 connection you have and just the connection you see the bond between the mother and the child from instantaneously out of the womb it's man you know it's it's something bigger than all of us it's it's nature doing what it does yeah it's crazy yeah it's bananas man yeah it's bananas it's wild man but yeah whenever a kid's that young do you ever have you if you're gonna have a girl you'll obviously get like a pink blanket and a little purple nighty and a little bow to put on her head have you ever gotten behind on laundry and like wrapped her up in a, a blue bank blanket and you're like, <laughs> damn it. Everybody's going to be like, Oh, how old is he? Oh, what the, is it hard as, is that offensive whenever someone's like, well, um, yeah, what's your boy's name? It's, it's it actually happens a good amount with <laughs> Olivia because she looks a lot like me. Um, and you know, we'll dress her like in overalls and stuff. But yeah. I, I think, but back to your question at like that, that young of an age, man, you're not really leaving the house for the first few months. Sure, uh, sure. I mean, the first couple months you're, you're, people are coming to you like, like, especially, um, you know, you, your child hasn't had any immunizations yet or anything else. I mean, you're trying to keep them as away from germs and other stuff as possible. So yeah. you're not really leaving the house much, but after that, um, but yeah, I, that, that happens to me. It happened. Uh, her hair is getting long enough now where it's not quite as big of a deal. Yeah. But um, but people are still like, how old is he? You know. Yeah. There are times for a while where. Is it offensive? Know, or are you like, all right, no, I get it. It's just. A, oh, it's man, it's not offensive at all, man. I I, I completely understand. I get it because I, I see babies sometimes, and I'm just like, uh, boy. I, I you Girl? Just, here's what you do. You like how old. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you say. That's all you say. Yeah. yeah and they'll and then they'll immediately follow up with she's this, he's this. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the trick I learned. Just yeah. how old? How old? That's yeah. a good trick. That's a, that's a good one. But it's uh, like but, whenever you don't remember somebody's name and you're like, Hey, this is my significant other. Meet them real fast and let like, me hey, hear yeah. you say your name. Hey, this is hey, this is my wife Liz. Yeah. <laughs> oh hey Liz, I'm John I'm yeah. yeah. I'm Jonathan. Like, yeah, this is my really good friend Jonathan that I totally remembered his name the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yes, exactly. But no, not that's not offensive at all, man. There's, I mean, if you get offended by that, man, you've really never been offended by anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's but but yeah, um, it's, it's wild. Uh, have your kids ever made you feel uncomfortable? Um, man, that's a that's an interesting question. Because um, I remember being a kid. All right, let's. I remember being a kid and like seeing like nudity on uh, TV or like somebody getting sexy and my parents just being like right behind me on the couch. And I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. It's, it's funny. You bring that up. Um, <laughs> honestly, probably cause no, really kids don't make you feel uncomfortable. I guarantee you any child out there has been made to feel way more uncomfortable by their parent. Oh yeah. Than their parent by their kid. It's uncomfortable or embarrassing. You know, sure. Like, you know, like I, there is, I, I'll specifically remember it to this day, like going to the mall when I was like 
man, I was a teenager. I was probably like 14 or 15, but like an early teenager. But back at that age, whenever it really mattered, like what you look like, who you were with. Um, and I was there with my dad and my brother. And my dad was wearing these like really short cutoff <laughs> jean shorts and flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. Like just not giving a shit. <laughs> He's like, we're going to the mall. We got to get you some shoes, boy. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> and and like you're you're purposely walking like you know fifteen twenty feet behind him yeah uh, like letting him know you're still there but yeah you know I, I guarantee you we make our kids more uncomfortable than the, than, <laughs> than, <laughs> than kids than making they make us yeah uh, but that said um, there is a specific time I remember that happened not too long ago it was a few years back um, so uh, there's a thing that goes on here in Austin where I'm not even sure if it does anymore called Cinema East. Yeah. It's where they basically go into uh, Eastside Austin. They set up an outdoor movie screen and kind of premiere a new movie. Oh, dude. So uh, basically it's uh, – and I would go to these often. Um, and then very few of them were kind of like family-friendly. But then there's one called Aventageous that was out. It was a story of like a daughter and her mother. And it was rated PG-13. You know, mm-hmm. my daughter was probably – my older daughter was like – 15 at the time so we're like yeah all right we're gonna take her to this well they show a short film before (laughs) every one of these movies yeah i well there's one film in particular that i know go ahead go ahead but no i I was just gonna say so like advantageous was like this it it was a a great movie sure Uh, it was awesome kind of this bonding story about a mother and a daughter in a futuristic society which is really cool but the short they decided to show, which I'm not sure if these people th- were thinking ahead, like, hey, we got a family film. There might be families <laughs> out here. We're going to show a short film that involves puppets, cocaine, and male nudity. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a, this is a little better than what I thought. Go ahead, though. So, but anyways, um, basically it was the story about this puppet trying to make it in Hollywood as an actor. It's like a 12-minute short film. But then apparently he shows up for like a porn audition, unbeknownst to him. <laughs> And like this dude all of a sudden walks in the room and it like we're talking close up of big flaccid male penis right on the screen. And it's me, you know, Liz and 15 year old Lillian. Yeah. And, and it's not just like one of those little click like here, there's a penis. It's yeah, gone. Gone. It, it, it focused on it for a second, Adam. And yeah, I could feel like my ears getting warm and like like. I feel like Liz's hand come over and like squeeze my hand. I'm like, but at that point, what do you do? I mean, you can't, there's no turning back. You can't turn around. You can't get up and walk out. You You didn't know it was coming. Cover your kid's eyes because she's a teenager. You cause a bigger scene. Yeah. And like, even like some other people that met us there at the show, this guy was like, wow, I bet that made you feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm like, trying to forget this dude yeah Thanks, yeah buddy. i'm pretending like it didn't happen right now so that's probably like the the, the, the probably the most uncomfortable <laughs> i think i've ever felt in a situation with my child oh my god i um yeah that's there was another movie that i was thinking of and it's it was about this guy that was like obsessed with dicks like the whole no nah, i wouldn't have taken the, her to that yeah yeah and it was it wasn't a short after i had uh well, the movie wasn't a short. There were shorts in there. There were longs in there. There were mediums in there. But <laughs> the film... Showers and growers. Yeah. Adam. It was... There was a lot of... There was a lot of dicks in it. It was all dicks. Anyways. Um, I kind of want to see that movie now. The puppet cocaine movie. That short. That sounds funny. It was It was pretty funny, man. It actually was pretty good. Yeah. Except for... 
the uncomfortable feeling. Like you and I watching it, I'm cool, man. I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah, it's all good. You yeah. know, you look yeah. at the floor if you want to. I don't care. Or stare at the screen, whatever. Yeah. Teach his own. That's probably been the most uncomfortable, man. It's like watching something on TV and then like a scene comes on and you're like, all right, oh boy. here we go. Yeah. Um, what's the, uh, the biggest misconception about fatherhood that you've learned via two kids, two childbirths, um, just going through fatherhood entirely, um, this being your second round. Um, I know that I, this is a misconception that I often think Okay, is like, well, when your kid's 18, you're free. You, you, you're basically, you're okay. But that's not true because I'm well into my 30s and bother my parents constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey, I mean, I, I'm a little short. Yeah. Uh, you know, could I, could I get a couple of bucks or... or... I, I can attest that is not true because my oldest daughter uh, is technically 18 and a half and right. still every bit of a parent. Um, yeah, you know, if not more so. Or like... We're going through the whole situation right now with like, you know, our plan of attack for college, um, you know, which is very expensive. And, yeah. you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, she got accepted to, do you have that school. mindset of like, all right, then four more years, then I'm free. Or do you know, better man, at this you, point? You, you're, you're, you're never free, man. <laughs> no. Um, you, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another, if it's not like a, a monetary, so to speak, um, obligation, I, I think, you, you, you always have a parental obligation for guidance and direction and, you know, um, advice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to, to me, like I, I had a pretty rocky relationship my last couple of years, especially of high school with my family. Um, I was wanting to go in a different direction than my family was wanting to see me go. Um, and didn't see eye to eye a lot. Um, I kind of like basically, like, you know, screw you guys. I'm out of here, so to speak. Whenever I graduated high school, moved down on my own. Sure. You know, I, I was the oldest of four kids, so I was still pretty close with my siblings. So I'd visit them and they would come see me. But I really didn't spend a lot of time with my, my parents. And um, I didn't agree with a lot of things they were trying to do, man. And um, sure. after that, uh, it, it was almost instantaneously with me becoming a father for the first time, you know, at 23 years of age. After a few months had went by, man, like I remember like calling my dad up. We're actually, it was a Solomon person. And I told him, I was like, you know, I, 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 I understand so much more now as to why you guys did what you did for me. Um, and as to some of your decisions I didn't agree with. I understand even if I don't still agree with them, I understand as, as a parent, like why you, you made these decisions and why you did what you did. Um, because shit, man, no one knows the answers, Adam. No, no yeah. one. There, there's not a perfect way to raise a child. There's not, man. Um, it's, it's circumstantial to every individual child because every, and here's another thing too, that I think a lot of first time parents or not even that, or like people that don't have kids. It's, it's like, these are individual human beings, man. Sure. Yeah. You, 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 you can direct them. You can point them in the right way. You can give them everything you've learned. But at the end of the day, you, you, you have to step back and let them be who they're going to be and hope that you've done enough to show them what you feel is right yeah. and what you want them to do. And, and basically just kind of like, all right, I hope I, you know, 
let's, let's see where this thing takes you. Um, yeah. And that's a kind of, a, I think a misconception that a lot, of, a lot of people have. Um, I think an, another misconception too, is that, uh, it, it's easy being a dad. Um, which there, there are some things you do have it easier than the, the mom. Um, sure. you, but there's, there's, there's a lot of things, man. I, I think that the dad gets, I don't want to say taken for granted a lot, but it gets overlooked a lot, man. And the, the role that they play, you know, yeah. you know, just you, you're, you're expected to be this, you're expected to be that man, but man, it can be hard, man. And, and, you know, it, it's, it, you carry a lot of that stress and a lot of that weight on you too, you know, and you sometimes have to, you have to be like the, uh, how do I say this? You have to be like the, the firm face with like the show no emotions and, you know, you have to be kind of stern, but loving at the same time. But man, sure. it, it's a very hard thing to balance sometimes, man. Yeah. I believe that. Um, you know, and especially I think, uh, being the father of, of not one, but now two girls, uh, I, I think the biggest thing for me is just, to, to show them and treat them how, you know, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but like how you want them to be treated by another man, you know, sure, in life. Yeah. So you, you want to listen to them. You want to take the time to value their opinion. You, you, you want to let them know that they matter. You don't want them to just be like, oh, I need to do this because you're my dad and you said to do this. Like, But to take the time and to actually like listen to your kids and like have actual conversations with them sure. as opposed to just trying to like the whole, because I'd said so mentality, man. Yeah. Like, like you don't want them, you know, growing up to be with someone, you know, male or female, if that's going to like dominate them, you want them to develop their sense of who they are. Sure. And man, it's, it's a lot of weight. Absolutely, man. I, I can only imagine. Um, what's the best advice that you can give your kid or what's the best advice that you have maybe given your kid that you're like, man, this really stuck with them. I'm glad I told them this or <clears throat> this always helped me as a kid. I'm glad I was taught this or told this is there anything specifically that you can think of i know i'm kind of yeah no uh you know as as generic of, a, of an answer as this might sound man i i strongly believe man like like th th there's never a a bad question don't don't ever do something that you're uncertain of because sure. you you think that's what you need to do but you're not sure like ask questions like be confident with your decisions, um, don't make hasty decisions. Um, if you're not sure about something, wait till you are sure. Um, and at, on the other spectrum of that, um, if you think you really want to do something, I, I think go for it and do it, man. I, I think that one of the biggest, um, what one one of the the biggest like hardest burdens to carry as just a human being in general is regret. Yeah. Like I've always said, like nothing will scar you deeper than the stuff you haven't done, you know, and some things have windows. Sure. And then after that window's closed, you can't do it. And then here you are looking back in life like, man, it, it's, it's better to have like tried to do it yeah. or attempted or given it a go and then failed at it. Yeah. As opposed to wondering what would have happened if I would have just attempted it, you know, so I think sure. that's the biggest thing and to like, just pass on. It's like, like have no regrets, like, like try to seize what you want to do. And, you know, if you fall and you, you know, you run into hurdles, that's fine. But yeah. at least you tried and now, you know, absolutely, man. Um, dude, you're 
uh, oldest daughter's smart little kiddo, dude. She's got a brain on her. Yeah. Um, so this next question is, have your kids ever uh, impressed you? Um, and I'm, I'm sure Lillian is, <laughs> is blowing you out of the water with like, holy shit, you speak Tanganyika. Like you, you, how many uh, languages can you speak right now? That's crazy. Or like, it, Yeah, I think every parent's going to be a little biased with that. Of course, our kids have impressed us, man. But, but yeah. Um, or like, damn, when did you learn to ride a skateboard? Holy, who taught you yeah, that? I think, you know. You're a natural. You know, especially with, with, with you know, Lillian. Yeah, once again, she she's graduating high school in two days from today. She graduates on Thursday. It's yeah, easy it, to it, think, man. It's trust me, man. It's not setting in with me yet. <laughs> we had a long talk about it last night. Yeah, um, but I mean, she's uh, she goes to a charter school, um, Harmony Academy of Science here in Austin. It's a STEM school, which is an acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. So yeah. you kind of get the idea that. A lot of kids that go there are pretty intelligent, smart kids. Sure. Um, and uh, she f- she's graduating fourth in her class out of 147 God. students. And, and that's uh, amazing, man. And I think you know does she, that blow you out of the water. It, like, it does, man. Whoa! That's I was my like, kid. I was like, weren't you upset? You're you're like not one or two. You know, you were so close. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not not really upset. Like I'm super proud of her, but she was like. No, like, I don't want to be one or two. I don't want to have to speak in front of the school at graduation. Yeah, she's like, I'm I, right where I want to be. So I yeah. think she's exactly right where it's, she wants to be. It's a great tactical move. Like, I, um, I purposely am not one. But yeah, man, j- j- just uh, uh, with with her drive and determination and her intelligence, man, like, like I'm super, I mean, yeah, very impressed and could not be more proud of her than that. Um, you know, she's a very caring giving kid um yeah i think she's made a lot of sacrifices in her teenage years to accomplish this um where i know whenever i was in my teenage years i was a bc student and i just wanted to go skateboard and you know i was you know drinking beer and other stuff during that time man you know what i mean like i was 70s passing that's what i remember like if i can get hit that 70 i pass like that's all that i cared about and all that mattered to me and i was like i probably better than like yeah i had a's in some classes like i don't know it just i probably could have been a b but i was (laughs) like yeah, no, exactly. I was all over the board. Uh, you I, and me both, man. Like, probably my grades dropped. Like the older I got, or like uh, just like the dumber it probably looks on my record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the hardest time that uh, any of your kids have ever made you laugh? Oh, jeez, man. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's. It I doesn't mean, have to be the hardest, but like a memorable time where you're like, man, I was on the floor because my kid farted for the first time or like <laughs> i mean it's it's constant right now with especially with my year and a half old because gosh that's such a such a fun like fun age um yeah because they are their personality has really started showcasing in the last you know couple of months um and she's just you know not a not afraid to like hold back how she feels she's a little dramatic at times but uh but Liz and I have been joking about this a lot lately with with Olivia. Um, she she does a lot of these things where she acts like a dog. <laughs> She'll like impersonate the dog. Yeah, because I mean we have two dogs here at the house, but we're like, man, it's got to be more than that. Like like we're joking, like like she was a dog in her past life. Like she'll 
she'll like walk over like she, like her food we'll have her put her food on her plate for her and she'll walk over and just start eating it like a dog out of the food and then she'll walk over to the couch get a pillow in her mouth and start shaking her head back and forth real hard with the pillow if you wouldn't put her spaghetti and meatballs in a dog bowl dude she probably wouldn't feel enticed him oh geez oh, that's terrible so that's pretty funny man um yeah that's pretty good yeah I mean, it, it's just <laughs> like that uh, like a dog. yeah with, with, with lily man she's uh i don't know she's it's teenagers and stuff man like they try to do everything to not make you laugh yeah they want to they're cool yeah the the whole persona i'm sure it's easier to pick out a story of olivia acting silly oh yeah as opposed to uh lillian where she's like i'm an adult i'm yeah i'm not silly yeah uh, she's not silly. everybody needs to take me serious right now i am serious like i don't know i remember being that age and like I've always been a grab ass, but even even with that going on, I was like, "Well, that I didn't toot. That's that doesn't happen." That's, that's. yeah. Actually, uh, Olivia farted the other day and looked at me like out of the corner of her eye, like, "You heard that? <laughs> you heard that? That's you heard that? Good, right? Yeah. All right, Dad. <laughs> you let me know when it's your turn." Yeah. How uh, how comfortable are you with poop right now? That I, I imagine that's like. Ah, uh, dude. I mean, I mean, between my own and and the the little one, man. Like, I'm I'm getting double it's doses nothing. of poop daily. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. nothing, man. If I took a shit on the living room floor right now, you'd be like, I'd probably just go get some wipes and clean it up. <laughs> it's not, you wouldn't be very yeah, offended. Yeah, not offended at all. As a, like a I don't know a person that's not with a, a fairly newborn baby or or a, a kid that's not already potty trained i imagine that you're just numb to fecal matter right now right oh dude it, but but here's the the fun part like i know when olivia is pooping so you see the chair right there by the window <laughs> yeah. every time she poops she'll like look around and she'll walk behind the chair uh-huh. and like grab it and like <laughs> sc- like squat down and you can literally hear her what <laughs> and like her face looks like she's just like <laughs> oh, and you know she's to the age now where she's like really she she's you know she's no longer breastfeeding. She's yeah. uh, we're we're weaned her off formula, so she's just eating solid food. So her poops are gone from you know like you know like messy baby poops to like yeah. full blown turds in the diaper. Sure, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got like a which is probably helpful for cleanup too. Because yeah, it's, it's a clean. It's a ninety percent of the time. It's a it's a pretty clean. Yeah. clean wipe you know it's, it goes from split pea soup to like uh, <laughs> uh maybe some chocolate mousse to like refried beans to, yeah refried beans that's yeah. a, that's a better that's a better i've seen a lot lately yeah, I, I can, <laughs> yeah you're yeah, better but, at this than I am. the split pea soup was a good call for the early on phase. yeah the early on right you know because it's mutant colors too. but it's just like, funny man like you can hear her like 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 we'll be like if we don't have the radio on or something and all of a sudden you're like you just hear this <laughs> And like you look at her, and like she's like just complete strain on her face, and like almost like, what are you looking at? Type, like, yeah. Like stop looking at me. Yeah. You know, I think that's why she goes behind the chair. <laughs> yeah, she wants some privacy, man. Yeah. So that's a good sign, actually. That's a really good sign that she has a place to go and wants privacy. Yeah. As far as potty training goes, like that. That's the next step. Sure. Sure. With this one, it's uh, the potty training phase, man. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, never stop being a parent, man. Yeah, dude. Um. Well, shit, dude. We got kind of heavy. Do you want to end with some fun stuff? Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? I thought about maybe listing off like overrated places in Austin. 
places like businesses that <laughs> oh yeah let's, uh, <laughs> let's do this that uh people feel like they have to go to let's do this i got number one on my list what's queued no- up ready to go <laughs> what's number one dude i think the, it, it, in my uh professional opinion <laughs> uh i think the most overrated place in austin has to be gueros oh dude i know that's gueros is on uh congress which is a pretty popular strip uh if not you think that's you think congress street is the street in austin or is it sixth street because i know sixth street's kind of on the way out people are starting to get wise to it sixth street i think whenever you hear of austin that's the street you think of first I think Congress is probably the more all-encompassing street sure. because 6th Street, if you're not between the ages of like 21 and 25, 26, you're not really wanting to go out. I mean, yeah. there are a lot. I see lots of old... I mean, it's just a strip of dirty bars. Congress has a little more to offer. It's yeah, more it's like... shops and some you know, restaurants. It's where the, the Capitol is right there. I mean, you can see the Capitol of Texas, which yeah. is bigger than the White House. Um, yeah. But... Uh, but but Guero's is this restaurant that's uh, <laughs> been there since I've lived in Austin, um, and it's just always packed. And it's only because of location. The food is horrible. It's awful. It's awful. And my theory is they've figured out that they've got fantastic real estate. And well, they do. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. There's no question about it. Um, that they're like, we don't even have to. We'll just get a can of beans. We'll plop that. We'll get. You know what? We're out of beans. We'll just get Alpo. We'll yeah. put dog food on people's plate and they'll eat it still. Do you know what the biggest argument for Guerrero's is? You probably know this. Uh, <laughs> tell me, is it the margaritas? They have good margaritas, <laughs> but their margaritas are good. No, their margaritas aren't good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't been there and I shouldn't. I shouldn't pass judgment because I haven't been You've there. You've never in, been to Guerrero's? No, no, no. I haven't been there in, in years. Like it's been probably seven years if not more than I've had a, a, a drink there. And I think I had a beer last time and a shot and left, but it's not hard to make a margarita. Like it's just, it's a couple of ingredients. Yeah. It's not hard and to make it. I pro I can list it's off. Not hard to make good Tex-Mex either. Yeah. But yeah. It's just grilled onions and cheese. But, out, man. Yeah, dude, it's awful, man. The, the, it's, it's the worst. Godly man. Um, yeah. All right. You give me one. Um, oh, I get a lot of where I work. Um, or where I, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, where had the, <laughs> uh, previously worked was a, a big tourist kind of place. Like, Oh, if you, if you, if you're in Austin, you have to go to rainy street. So I worked on rainy street. So I get a lot of tourism through there and people will ask me why, why does everybody telling me I have to go to Torchies? What's tor- what's this Torchies tacos uh, that everybody's telling me about? And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, you don't yeah. have to worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Don't worry. I mean, it's okay. They're outside of their queso, it's subpar. Like, it's all right. It'll get the job done. The tacos will get the job done. But it's not anything you're going to be like, oh, my God. I had this uh, I had this fried chicken in a taco, and it blew my mind. I don't know what the... Yeah, it's 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 a very. I it's mean, okay. Like it's all right. It's not something you should be like. If you're in Austin, you have to do this. But their queso's good. The queso's the queso's all right. The queso's good. Yeah, like so it's, that's what I'm saying. Like every place you go is like, but it's that's what people are gonna say. But have you but, tried this? Yeah. 
But if you say why, the person generally won't have a reason. So if you, <laughs> they're like, you got to go to Guerrero's. Why? Uh, the margaritas are good. Like that's what they'll pull yeah. out of, uh, out of, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else that, that you know of that people are like, you got to go check this out. I, I hear the, like the live music capital of the world. Like where, where can we see live music? I'm like, Austin stopped being uh, the live music capital of the world a while back. It's yeah. We the, should be stripped of that. It's title. the DJ capital of the world. <laughs> it is. I know. Oh, geez. <laughs> So many music venues have shut down because they've been driven out by high rent prices because the landlords are raising the rent because I feel they're getting their wheels greased by these big condos and hotels that are going in and they're yeah and the people that live in these condos or stay in these hotels are bitching, bitching, bitching about the music venues. Yeah. So then the owners or the corporations behind these places go and find the landlord for these music venues and be like, hey, whatever you got to do to get this music venue out of here will make it worth your while. Yeah. I mean, that's just my total speculation. Sure. I, I think that's what happened with uh, the the last and only live music venue spot on Rainy Street um, just shut down um, back at the end of April. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Blackheart, right? Blackheart, man. It was uh, one of my favorite bars in Austin. It's actually where my wife and I had our very first date. Um, the guys that own that bar were really good dudes. They really gave a shit about the Austin music scene. Um, they booked some of the best local music on a daily basis, kind of, and did and continue to do so while that street was just kind of growing in this direction that all of Austin seems to be growing in. Um, yeah. This kind of just interesting weird way they were staying true to what they were and um all of a sudden you know they were trying to renew their lease and they're like from what i was from what i overheard second to third hand was like the landlord was like oh it's gonna be expensive it's gonna be expensive and they're like just give us a number just give us a number yeah and then they finally got back to him and said nah you know what we got another bar going in here not you guys oh shit so that's kind of i mean how much of that is actually you know true versus hearsay but at the end of the day I truly feel that place was forced out because they were a music venue on a street that did not want live music because yeah. it wasn't conducive to the growth of the hotels and the condos, which is what makes, I guess, the city money. Sure. Uh, sure. I don't know. What else is overrated in Austin besides Ooh, man. Austin as a whole? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you tell people to do when they're like, what should we do? What, is there something that, that well, yeah, isn't so, overrated that you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. I don't know. I still like doing this. So I actually run into this a lot because we get a lot of um, people that come into my bar that I still work at. You're mid. Um, That's, That's it. Yeah, perfect. So a lot of people that come to my bar are staying in uh, Airbnbs back in the neighborhood. So I, I still see a good amount of people uh, that are in town visiting. Um you know, it's. I think it's a case-to-case basis. You try to read the individual and sure. kind of look to see, like, hey, this person would actually like to go to Guerrero's and would like to go to Rainy Street, which yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. If that's what they're in town for, man, you're like, you know, like, I'm not above telling people to go anywhere if I think they'll like it because you want them to have a good experience. Um, I think one of my things, too, you know, especially when the weather's nice, I think one thing that's still kind of true to Austin that I think is kind of a cool part about Austin is uh, Barton Springs Pool. Yeah. I like to send people there. I like to be like, hey, if you got a swimsuit and you just want to kill a few hours in the afternoon, man, just grab a book, go out there, soak some sun, jump in the cold water. It's it's a pretty cool thing the city has to offer. Yeah. Um, 
There's a handful of phenomenal taco stands. Austin's kind of, you know, famous for tacos, or at least we like to think we are. Yeah. Um, and like we talked about shitty tacos. Uh, there are some really good tacos. What's your, what's your number one taco spot? El Primo, I think, is my number one. That's like street taco, though. Like that's that's, well, that's like a taco, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. El Primo's um, up there. I don't think a taco should have sour cream or cheese uh, or lettuce and tomato traditionally um if you go down to actual mexico though there have it's meat cilantro and onions and a taco yeah. like, no exactly uh, that's a taco that's that's real like street tacos um and uh like the red sauce or green sauce that's that's and el primo offers that it's it's meat i think they they do have cheese just by popular demand. <laughs> right. Um, but their actual tacos uh, are, are phenomenal. Like, the, the, they offer cow tongue. Like, they offer tongue and... And and, uh, uh, and it's all done out of this, like, little small, like, trailer it's on the corner of an intersection. Crummy trailer. Um, the guy that runs it, it, it's him all the time. Rain or shine. I remember it like sleeting snow and driving past it and no one's in line. No one's getting tacos. Uh, it was like a Monday evening. I don't know. And he's still just in there. Just hanging out. I'm like, yeah, no. this guy works harder than anybody I know. He's here every day. Um, and just cranking out tacos. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, that's, that's up there for me too, man. That's the real deal. I, the, the only other place that I would say that uh, I would put out there with El Primo is a place over in East Austin, um, Maynard Airport called La Fruta Felice. I've heard, I've heard, I haven't been, but Dude, I've heard. yeah, you got it. Good if stuff. You're going to be taking off soon. You need to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go check that out, man. Uh, their, their um, El Pastor is some of the best, but uh, you go get their lunch plate. Yeah. It's literally, it's three tacos on little corn tortillas. That is pastor, cilantro, and it. onion, plate of bean, and then some slopped up beans and some rice. Yeah. yeah. And it's like seven ninety nine. Amazing. And there's chips and salsa they serve with. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Probably make the salsa in house or that day. Oh, in yeah. House, it's, whatever. It's very much like a traditional, like taqueria place uh mamma mia yeah you gotta go in you know you sit down at a table you pay at the counter you can get like a little ice cream push-up from the counter before yeah. you leave you know i mean but it's uh yeah the, the tacos there are fantastic man i would i would recommend that man so um, into that what's uh what's your most overrated restaurant <sighs> overrated restaurant man <clears throat> we hit guero's yeah most overrated restaurant I feel like you've got one in the bag. I can, don't. Can I was just it? curious, man. <laughs> man, Adam, let me tell you, man. Another thing about having fatherhood, having kids, man, you don't go out to eat anymore. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just Chewy's is the only place I've really gone out to eat. Chewy's or like Pint House Pizza. I love Chewy's. Ooh, yeah. Pint House Pizza. Yeah, those are two places I go to eat, man. <laughs> I feel like I see kids at both places Yeah, often. all the time, dude. And it's always at like four in the afternoon between like the rush hours. Yeah. You get away with it, man. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have anything right. Like, boom. Like my knee jerk reaction is like, oh, definitely this place. Um, I got a, I got a place that's probably gonna. Nah, I shouldn't say. Ooh, that. hey, I've got one. Z Tejas. You think it's overrated? Yeah, I think it's really over. Well, I think that 
the quality's gone. I think it was once good. I think the quality's gone down, um, and people still kind of like flock to it. I feel like that that's like a popular like. Oh, we're gonna go get Texas. We're gonna go to Z, this place called Zeta House, and I was like, <laughs> good yeah, luck. good luck. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I think the the one place, man, and and I'm. I've had great experiences and I've had bad experiences at this place. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I hate the, the rationale that, Oh, well if they, they, if you know someone there, you'll get good taken care of really well. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. Yeah. So this is, <laughs> this place is a very popular hip, hip. It, it, it's, it's the epitome <laughs> of what Austin is. Yeah. Uh, but this place is in East Austin. Uh, it's called Justine's. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, you, you, you can go and you can have the absolute worst experience of your life. Um, yeah. And horrible service. And <laughs> then people are like, oh, it's the charm of the place. It's a French bistro. They carry that French. That, no, no, no. Stop justifying shitty service. Yeah. Um, but I've gone and like I have friends that have worked there and t- taken care of me when I've been there. And it's, it was awesome. Same. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I will, it is a cool spot. Yeah, but uh, but man, it's it's just the the hot and cold nature of it, man, and the fact that people just flock there to to feel cool. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about the barbecue places? Man, have you had Franklin's? I have. It wasn't until like, oh man, I don't know, two three years ago that I had Franklin's for like for the very first time. Yeah, mine mine was a little I longer lived here than for that. a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean. <sighs> The brisket's really good, man. That's good. No, dude. Uh, if you haven't had Texas brisket, that's where it's at. Like, we rule the roost with a Texas brisket. Um, that's just factual. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but as far as barbecue is concerned, to stand in line, if a, a stranger is going to say, hey, should I stand in line for four hours and on one of my three days of vacation that I have and dedicate that entirely to Franklin's? Is it that good? No. I would say no. Yeah. He, say no. He, there, there's other places you can go. Um, I think Valentina's is fantastic. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, and You get a taco and barbecue in one sitting. Yeah, you knock out two. Yeah. You get two birds with one stone. If you've got a lot of shit to do on yeah. your list of, like, I'm in Austin, i got to do all this stuff, Valentina's yeah. is a good two-in-one, like Tex-Mex barbecue. It really is. But Franklin's, man, Franklin's is awesome, man. Uh Aaron and his wife, you know, come into my bar from time to time. Um, sure, really, yeah. Really good people. I mean, they make a great product, but I just think it's just that men, awesome mentality as a whole is waiting in line. Like, same with Hop Dotties. Yeah, yeah. Hop, good burger? There's, not good enough for a not line. Not good enough to wait in line? I know, man. I'm, I'm in the same boat, and I'm not shitting on Franklin's by any means. It's fantastic barbecue. Yeah. Delicious. I think we're shitting I've on lines. It. We're shitting on lines. And, <laughs> and Austin's fascination <laughs> with waiting in line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's too much, man. Oh, man. <laughs> most overrated bar. Whew, uh, most overrated bar. Let's see. Um, I guess that's subjective to what you like to do when you go out. This is true. I feel like Rainy Street as a whole is an overrated like bar scene because I get often people that are like, well, we're here, and our friend said to come here, but... We're just standing here. Where else on the street should I go? And I'm like, it's cookie cutter, man. If you've if you're standing in this bar, you're standing in the bar beside me, the one in front of me, the one across the street from me. It's yeah. all the same like house patio combo with 
a DJ and overpriced drinks. That's that's where you're at, man. And you're gonna get that all the way down the street. Yeah. So I think that maybe Rainy Street as a whole is kind of uh, an overrated bar. Yeah, because I, it is. I, I, I'm bar. with you on that, man. Um, same owner for the most part, or same owners. Yep. It's kind of like it's, a play Monopoly with. Yeah. Somebody with the bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, especially now that Blackheart's gone, because they they did live music there, which kind of made them unique. Um, but you know that crowd still kind of you know filtered in there. But um, I like uh, I like Craft Pride for. You're gonna get some unique Texas beers, and sure. Via three one three makes it worth it for me. I, I will say that, yeah. Via three one three and Craft Pride is doing something unique as far as like, and it's a little further down. It's a little further down, and if you're coming in from out of state, you want to just try uh, Texas local beer. Um, that's all that they've got. So it's yeah. I was um, I think for me as far as bars go. Uh, I, I, I've never understood the allure of it, and uh, <laughs> I, I went to go uh, Sunday night. I went to go get dinner and uh, walked past this place in the domain because uh, there's two locations of it now, and I never understood the draw, but uh, I'm going to say Kung Fu. Oh, dude. Yeah, Kung Fu is awful, man. I mean, you would have asked like 18, 17-year-old Aaron, like, hey, there's going to be this place you can go drink alcohol when you're older that has old school video games in it. I'd be like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And apparently none of these people were as cool as me as a kid because they grew up <laughs> to be some big raging, I don't know, just different, yeah, different every, types of people than I like to hang out with. Every time I've... Regrettably, regrettably gone into kung fu. The music has been an octave louder than just like normal screaming. Like right, you have to really scream loud at your friend in order to like, hey, do you want to get? I said, do you want to get a, a beer? Do you want to be stay or leave? The, there's always like the music's always just uncomfortably loud. Like not loud where you can't have a face-to-face conversation where you're, you right. talk in a, a norm, normal uh, uh, level, but <laughs> uncomfortably loud, like outrageously loud. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh that's a terrible bar, man. That's a terrible bar. You know, uh, one more thing and I'll be done with the overratedness. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> God, you got me started on this. Um, oh dude. Yeah. Probably un, un, unpopular opinion here. Alamo draft house is overrated. <laughs> yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, so, hit and, me with it, man. Here's here's why I think so. I like Alamo Draft House, but I I also haven't been in a really long time. I like Alamo Draft House for like the events. That, so they they knock those out of the park. Like their special screenings, the master pancakes, the quote alongs, the true. Like I was able to take my kid to see E.T. and uh, Gremlins in the theater, like movies I loved as a kid. Yeah. I was able to take her back and show it. It's cool for that. But if I'm going to see a new release, I'm not going to Alamo Draft House. Oh, if I'm no, going to see dude. a movie that <laughs> yeah. that I'm wanting to watch, because it, it, here's what it, here's how it's ruined for me. Like I, I love the anticipation and the buildup of films. Yeah, and you get a spoiler alert. Every time, like the movie's building up, the movie's building up, like when's the climax about to happen? And then right when you're getting into it, last call, you need anything else? 
Oh, and then yeah. here's the check. And you're like, well, fuck. Now I know it's around the corner. And all I can think from that point on is like, when's it going to end? When's it going to end? How's it going to end? Damn, dude, you're right. I've so never made I, that. I, I, I hate that about Alamo Draft House. Um, and just the, yeah. Um, so that's that's my big pet peeve with Alamo. Like, I'd rather go to Violet Crown if I'm going to watch a new film. That has, I've had that same exact thought where they're like, here's your check. I'm like, well, the movie's about to be over. Fuck. Yeah. And that's why, and, and for whatever reason, like if it's something I've already seen, like, you know, like, like I said, going to like a quote along or sure. something fun, that's fine because yeah, I know when the movie's going to end. I've already seen this. But if it's a new film, man, ah, I just, I hate that about Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Like you, 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 you never left completely in like suspense because yeah. you know it's around the corner at yeah. that point. <laughs> well said. Well yeah. said, man. Um, well, we usually end with a poop story. I feel like. You have been on before, uh, uh, what was it, episode three? I believe so, two or three. Yeah, I think yeah. It, might, it, it might have been three, yeah. Um, early on, uh, and you've told some amazing poop stories. Um, and then I was going to have you tell a poop story about your kid, but you already did that. So if you feel Jeez, safe. Jeez, man. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, I was actually thinking about it. I'm, like, I'm just so inundated with poop these days. Like <laughs> you're numb to it now. Like between like the dogs pooping in the yard and my kid pooping in her diaper, and then of course I have to poop. Man, there's like there's like four beings that I'm I'm up to date on poop on. Yeah, yeah. You know when everybody's going, you're, yeah. everybody's BM is is on your radar. That's pretty good, man. Well, <clears throat> unless you have anything for me, um, we'll wrap it up, dude. Yeah, I know, man. I think that's it, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. dude. Uh, best, best, of, best of luck to you on your next venture, man. Like, Thanks, dude. You and I go way back. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see you taking this next step, man, because I guess by the time this airs, you'll already... I'll, I'll be in New Mexico. Be in New Mexico, That's yeah. right, man. Just up the street from old Mexico. <laughs> I'm, tired of these, I'm tired of these old Mexicans. I got to go get, uh, get my fill for some new ones, you know? Yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, it's a little racist. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? Like, I'm, I'm not commenting on that. Uh, uh, well, that's it for us. Uh, play us out shitty ukulele. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry about that mic, dude. That's not good.